Welcome to The Alex Tremble Show, where we share the strategies and secrets you need to know in order to successfully increase your influence, build strategic networks, and advance in your career. An award-winning speaker, author, and leadership coach, Alex brings executive leaders from across the world to share their inspirational stories and insights to help you become an exceptional public servant while also reaching your career goals. Without further ado, here's your host, Alex D. Tremble. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble, and today's guest is Dr. Joy Nicole Martinez. See, Dr. Martinez is the CEO of the Alchemist Agency, where she goes around the world. And when I say around the world, I literally mean she teaches and coaches and trains around the world on leadership, executive training, and performance management. Um, this is going to be a phenomenal discussion and talk. See, Dr. Martinez and I actually recorded this interview prior to the 2020 November elections, but we felt that there is no better time to release this interview than 2021 Woman History Month. And this is why we're, we're going to be having a very interesting and uh, thought-provoking conversation on what does it mean to be authentic in the workplace? What does it mean to be bringing your real self to the workplace? And can you do those things without undermining your own career? And this is something that we felt thought was extremely important. And we're so, so happy to be able to bring it to you. Now, to be completely honest, there's gonna be a lot of laughing in here. So please, <laughs> so please give us that, that, that leeway. Please greatly appreciate it. And just, just so you know, there is some audio, um, there is some connection quality issues, but I'm telling you, if you spend the time to just listen to what she says, your life will be profoundly impacted for the positive. Well, look, I'm going to stop here and let us get to our interview. So again, thank you so much and uh, talk to you soon. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble from The Alex Trimble Show, and I'm so excited to be here with Dr. Joy Nicole Martinez. It's, uh, oh. Can I just call you uh, Joy, uh, Joy Nicole today? <laughs> Please, if I can call you Alex, you can call me Joy Nicole. Oh no, no, um, I I prefer um, that dude. Oh just okay. <laughs> well, if, you, if I call you that dude, you can just go with that chick. How about we do that? It could be like a thing today. So uh, there's a backstory to that, and I will tell you that later. But if we have time on during our interview, I'll, I'll share that with you. Um, <laughs> there is a backstory, but thank you so much for joining me today. I, I greatly appreciate. it. How are you doing today? Oh, wonderful! It's been a, an incredible week. Um, I'm learning so much about myself and our environment, and anytime we can learn and glean and gather, I, it's a good time. So I'm doing great. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Then actually, I, I know where I want to go now, because just based off what you just said, but I do want to give everyone a kind of overview of who you are and what you've been doing and why you are were invited to this, this show today. Um, can you share a little bit about what you are, who you are professionally? Um, so I'm an epidemiologist, which in 2020 has a whole meaning <laughs> that we didn't have before. Um, but I am also an executive coach and I train leaders. Um, so a lot of my work, I train in certain verticals, healthcare, housing, education, lots of nonprofits. I train leaders so that we're making policy and, and executing procedure that closes gaps and disparity. So in a nutshell, and you know, I'm a mother to five great kids, a wife, and so yeah, that's who I am. Well, again, I'm just going to go on that that initial conversation. I think you started. Um, it's been an interesting week. We've learned. You've learned a lot. Learned a lot about yourself. Um, I hope I'm not prying, but can you share? I mean, what have you learned recently? What What's going on right now that has made you take a second look at who you are or what you do and how you do it? So right now we're in the midst of a never ending election. And um, as I said, I coach and I teach and train. And a lot of my clients have really reached out saying they're feeling anxiety. They don't know where it's coming from. They're feeling stressed. 
um, the uncertainty is causing just a river of response in them. And what I'm learning about myself is that while I worked, as I coached, as I worked developing these tools, obviously they kind of rubbed off, right? Because we sometimes don't see how we need what we're teaching. Yeah, yeah. We don't always get that part. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm giving you something. I'm coaching you through something. We're co-conspirators in making your life better. But um, we don't always see or we don't always take the time to measure how that's influencing ourselves. It's about the work. It's about the work. It's about the work. What I've learned is that um, I've gotten so much better at navigating uncertainty. I've gotten so much better at navigating emotion and really owning whatever I'm feeling and just being able to sit in it and go, yeah, that, that's what's happening today. And that's okay. And I think 2020 has kind of taught us um, it is okay to not be okay. And that doesn't make you lesser. It just means that's what you're actually going through. And I've embraced it. And I think it's made me stronger and kind of highlighted my resilience for me. So, yeah, that's what I'm learning about myself. You know, I'm preaching to myself, so to speak, this year. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I feel like this is so timely. Um, I was actually talking to one of my clients um, yesterday and this client is going through a situation where her supervisor is not um, a great supervisor at all, actually. <laughs> um, and I, you know, because um, of the relationship we have, I'm able to, you know, I'm able to see some of the emails. Um, I've been asked to sit in on some of the calls and I can see what is happening, the manipulation and so on and so forth. Um, and it made me think about strength. You know, people talking about I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. And we, we can tell people to be strong. Um, and there's a quote by, um, what was that, Mike? The movie in Creed, I think it was Sylvester Stallone. Is like, it's not about how hard you hit, but, you know, you get hit and pick yourself back up. You know, I think That's we right. have, yeah, we have a great image of what strength is. However, going through that situation with this client, I realized people need to figure out that strength is not always, you know, getting hit and staying, getting back up. Um, sometimes it's realizing that you don't deserve to be punched in the face multiple times, right? Hey, to the Sometimes it's the strength is, you know what? I believe in myself. I need to go somewhere else where I'm valued. Um, so I, I right. really appreciate what you were sharing right now. I think that's where we, as leaders, we're expected to be strong. We're always expected to be, you know, this, this core strength that exists. And that's how we relate. You know, we say leadership is about that. But leadership also is about asserting your right to be valued. You know, leadership is about asserting your right mm -hmm. to influence, yes, but to make sure that you are not influenced against your core. Mm -hmm. That's leadership. You will not influence me against my core. And so I think that's the part of strength. We don't always work to build up. We're so busy working on the skill of being great leaders, working on the talent associated with being great leaders. But we don't always communicate about the worth of leadership internally. Like you said, yes, I can get knocked down seven times or on the eighth time I can say, you know what, I'm going to remove myself from this situation mm -hmm. so your arm can't reach me. That's going to be better for me. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, again, not something we always communicate well because we expect people to be strong. And the way we have viewed strength kind of traditionally is that I can take it. And we have to get past that. And, and so, again, I have to be very careful when I say this because I, I understand that people will possibly interpret what I say in a way I didn't mean it. Um, but to your point, 2020 has been a very rough year, 
a really rough year. I mean, just for myself, my, my grandfather passed from COVID a couple months ago. My grandmother's been in the hospital. I, 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 that is a whole list of why 2020 is not one of my favorite years. Um, yet, as you said, it has forced me to be, become more resilient. It has forced me to be more, more creative, creating online content, online um, resources and courses. Um, I, I guess I, where I'm going with this is, you know, as you've been talking to your, the senior leaders who you coach and you train, how have you walked that line of ensuring that, you know, kind of being compassionate, being there with them? Yes, this is a very tough time, while also saying, yeah, but you can't just pull back. You can't go into your shell. You, you got to keep moving forward, keep growing. How, how do you walk that line or show, share with them how to walk that line? I had a conversation yesterday with a, a gentleman. He's, he's running for office and, of course, waiting. And he said, there's a part of me that wants to get a fluffy blanket, go to bed until it's all over, Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we expect that. So we had this conversation and by the end, he was, he, his energy had shifted and he, he was telling me how he was planning to move forward. And that line, that line between, again, yes, I can sit here and we can honestly own the hurt. There's no way around that. Let's, let's own the hurt. But then after we've owned the hurt, let's look at how we work through it, how we work the hurt. Because if you cut me and I'm bleeding, there's a process to that healing that has to happen. And we've been hurt. We've been damaged in some way. So the line says, yes, that's the first thing. Yes, that hurt. And then now as I'm healing, how do I heal best? And then how do I look forward? Because what we can't afford to do, especially now when we have teams that are working remotely, we're trying to you know, maintain trust in those teams, maintain influence when we can't see each other physically, we can't water cooler talk, we can't call you into the office. What we must do is make sure we're being candid with those we're leading. We're being candid about what's happening, even our own vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And that we're using that candor to establish rapport and trust, even with ourselves. You know, getting on a call and saying, this was just a rough week, guys. And, you know, I know we're having this check-in, but I just, is anyone else feeling the way I'm feeling? I'm feeling this way, owning it. And then once you've owned it and you've acknowledged it, still being able to say, now, let's shift this energy. Let's shift these feelings. And let's talk about how we can work through them, step by step. And then celebrating the wins, because what I find is if you can celebrate every time you make a step, you know, we, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry your family suffered loss, but you're here today. So that means something in you every day made a step, something in you every day kept going. Yeah. And we have yeah. to celebrate those wins. Do you know what I mean? We have to say, yep, I made it another day. Mm -hmm. I checked off some boxes. I crossed some things off my list. Yay, me. You know, and then being vulnerable enough to say that I need that and say that where we normally would not, you know, in spaces we would normally, executives and leaders, entrepreneurs, we don't share our weaknesses. We don't share, you know, we just keep pushing. But when you finally stop and say, wow, that was, that sucked, <laughs> you know, and it took me revamping, as you said, my, my task list, my goals for the year. And I'm hitting those marks. I'm hurting, but I'm hitting those marks. I'm going to celebrate every time I put up a new article. I'm going to celebrate every time I get a new course, you know, mm -hmm. done. I'm going to, and winning even the small wins and celebrate them. That I think is the difference between staying in that space where you're feeling negative and hurt and then kind of pulling your way out of it is sharing it and celebrating the wins through it. I think that's okay. 
You know, I, I really love to continue down this path because I think this is such a really great conversation. And we can talk, we can turn after here, but um, <laughs> so the other side of this though, because I'm like you, I'm, I'm consistently, um, you know, we need to be, understand who we are, what we're feeling under, um, you know, being vulnerable. I'm reading the book again, everyone who's listening to this podcast right now or watching this interview, you may hear me have talked about um, give and take, so taking me forever because it's a book, but it's a great book. Um, and they talk about the importance of regards to influence on kind of being vulnerable, under letting people know that you're a person, you don't believe that you're perfect, right? Um, there is a, a great deal of benefit to that. On the other side, what would you do? I mean, a lot of people who move in these senior leader positions have rivals. They may have enemies. There's a target on your back because you're at the top. Um, and you're right. They don't trust everyone because there could be um, people who don't have their best interests at heart. Um, right. I guess my question for you now is how do you thread the needle on being um, authentic, being um, open while also not allowing yourself to be um, targeted. Or uh, another way to say it, you know, again, another, another one of my clients was very vulnerable through this COVID situation saying, hey, look, I'm going through this. This is how I feel. I'm kind of stressed. And she initially thought that was good. And the supervisor wanted to hear it. Um, but later on, the supervisor used that information against her. Um, yeah. Said, "Well, I know that you're stressed right now, but you need. Well, why are you bringing this up? That's, that has nothing to do with my work right now. Oh, well, right. you know how how do you do both? Can can you do both? Oh, can you? Yes. So I, this conversation is like I, I feel like um, we we have we have really touched something that I'm kind of passionate about. So if I get a little excited, just <laughs> signal." But, you know, we've, there is such a difference between being the type of leader who can provide a psychological safe space. Um, if you're going to ask people to be vulnerable, they have to feel safe to do so. And I see leaders who have now been taught, oh, because you want to have this influence and this trust, ask people how they're doing. You know, let, you know, we have all these trendy words. Let people show up in their whole self. Bring your whole self to work. And then they bring their whole self. And you go, whoa, wasn't exactly hoping to get all that. Right? And now we have this issue where my part of my 360 degrees is being used as a dart. Well, here's the thing. If you are at a position, if you're the employee or the team member, or, or in a lot of spaces, even the leader, and, and you're venting or you're sharing, you have to be sure the safe space is truly safe. And what I mean by that is you have to be sure that what you're saying, if it's repeated, you're okay with it. That, that's, see, we put all the onus of being a safe space mm -hmm. on the individual who's listening, right? We, we put all of the work, all of the responsibility on the person who's opened the door. But in a conversation that's two ways, it's not just their responsibility to make sure it's, it's safe. We also have a responsibility to make sure it's, space, it's safe. So the psychological safety starts with what I'm opening my mouth to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a level of responsibility that comes with these new team dynamics and bringing our whole selves to work. So yes, I want you to come and feel comfortable to talk about what may be happening, but I also want you to be a responsible adult. I want you to be a responsible team member. I want you to be, do you see it? I want you to be vulnerable, professional. And I've got to be sure that your safest, most intimate conversations are happening where you are actually intimate. And what I mean by that is vulnerability, yes. Intimacy, no. Intimate conversations happen with those people you have intimate relationships, right? So we tell people, bring your whole selves to work and they come and they pour out and oh, 
Mm-hmm. Because we, we don't put the boundary out clear. We don't, we don't set the rules. You know, when we have safe spaces, if I'm facilitating a healing space, there's a set of agreements for that space. Here are the agreements. And if you're going to participate in this conversation, here are the boundaries so that we can establish some psychological safety. And I expect them to abide by them or they get muted. And they get muted because I have a responsibility for their safety, but they also have a responsibility for their safety. And in the world of Zoom and Teams, and if you're still using it, Skype, and whatever the tool you're using, right? Um, And recordings and digital footprints, we cannot simply say, well, they told me I could bring my whole self, so I'm going to lay in the bed, keep my curlers in, and just let it all out. That is not what they, you know. The point is we have to be professionally responsible. We still have a responsibility to show ourselves as the expert, professional, the team member, and we keep our most intimate emotions, feelings, needs, and desires where we have an intimate relationship. I, I love everything you just shared right now. And I'm hoping, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm sure everyone who's listening just took a bunch of notes. And because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm going to be going right back through this recording and taking notes myself. Um, one, I really appreciate what you said about those boundaries, the rules, setting guidelines ahead of time. Um, we actually I just moderated a panel um, for the ATD, Association for Talent Development, um, their annual, one of their annual conferences. And we were focused on um, career development for government employees. And one of the questions was, how should we prepare supervisors to have these very difficult conversations? There was Black Lives Matter going on, there was COVID going on, like they're being expected to have some very difficult conversations. And so there is a lot about, you know, be authentic, let them share, da, da, da. Um, but I think that's a very valuable component that, that was missing that you just mentioned, which is have some ground rules beforehand right. so that people don't wander into an area that they don't intend on going. That's right. Uh, another component you, you mentioned is the responsibility. And I'm not sure if this is where you're going, but I'm going to make a statement. You can feel free to push back or you know go with. Um, my whole thing is always... I want you to be intentional and be thinking about how you can progress yourself forward in your career. Um, yes, sometimes some people may do some people may do things the way they want to do it, um, but that may not be what's best for you. And I, I, what I'll use an example is sometimes you know if anyone is watching, you can see I'm a black male. I'm a, I'm a black guy, and um, I <laughs> I know right for driver's <laughs> loss. Um, so. <laughs> Um, but I, I remember earlier on in my career where I wanted to come to work wearing hoodies and things like some of my other counterparts were doing. And I was very quickly um, reminded that that was not something that I could do um, because of how I would be perceived in the office place and so on and so forth. And so there's this realities. And so I guess I say is that, yes, I want people to be authentic, but I also want them to be very cognizant of what that means. When you share something, what does that mean? What do they have now they have the information about? Do you want them to have the information? Realize that they may be taking that information into consideration without even knowing it. It could be unconscious in the back of their head because they know it. So be very careful what you share. There are a few things that um, we talk about. One of them is names. So when you send in a resume, the reviewer may not intentionally say, I do or do not want this person, but our names, I know there's plenty of research on just the difference in hiring processes and it's unconscious, right? That is not an explicit bias. They're not deliberately saying, I don't want to hire anybody with the name Shukamuka, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? But we know these things exist. So we talk about that a lot, that digital footprints are a lot like names. Um, we talk about um, AI, you know, using an AI in your home. So whether you use, you know, uh, Amazon's product or Google's product or Apple's product, those recordings being footprints. Well, what you say in the workplace is still a footprint. It's indelible. You can't pull it back. 
yeah. much that same way. And so we, we don't always acknowledge that when you said, you know, how we dress, how we appear, that's a footprint. I, it's done now. It's indelible. That's a mark that I made. And so you have to be sure you're willing for that to stay there. See, that's the difference. We say, yes, be authentic. But what does that mean? Does that mean I'm supposed to be the same place at work as I am at home? And as much as people would love to say, oh, yeah, just be, no, Mm-mm. no. And it isn't about <laughs> being untrue to your core. See, that's I'm not asking anyone to ever not be who they are in their core. What I'm saying is the way I show up when I go to one of my best friends is, is Muslim. And when I go to their home, the way I show up in her home, because I honor her home in that space is not the way I show up in my home. So though that isn't how I practice faith, when I'm there, my clothing is different, right? Because I can respect there's a difference in how we move in that space, much like professionally. We can pretend, because it is pretend to say, oh yes, just bring your whole self and just be your, to, to ask a leader, a, t- a manager, a supervisor to open themselves to the onslaught of words and emotions that comes around with these conversations without them being prepared as a clinical psychologist, as a sociologist, as a, as a counselor. It is irresponsible on the part of the company to ask them to facilitate that type of conversation. And I say that, and I know I'll get pushback, but you cannot teach people in a day to handle race relations. If that, if that were the case, we wouldn't be having all these <laughs> issues with diversity in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just go, oh, let them talk about it. Okay, so once they are crying on the call, what do I do next? You, you have to give them tools. If you're going to say do it, then you have got to prepare them to handle it. That's, and it's, it's I, I hear people and I know we want to jump in and I know we want to open doors and we want people to feel like we can have these complex conversations, but that is a, it's irresponsible to ask those conversations to occur where the people who are having them are not prepared. Much like I would not ask my four-year-olds right? To have an interview with you. They're not prepared. Doesn't mean that they couldn't speak. They know words, they know vocabulary, but the topic would be beyond their ability to navigate. And that's where we're being irresponsible. So do I think we should have these conversations at work? I think we need to have facilitated, expertly facilitated safe spaces. Yes. On a regular team check-in, do I think we need to talk about politics and race and religion? No, I do not. But there is a difference between saying, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Do you need time off? Do you feel you can you know, reasonably work this week? Those are real check-in questions that a manager can actually ask and an employee can actually answer. But I've had people jump on a call with me and say, Dr. Martinez, I just feel so bad about all this happening. And you know, how are you? How are you? How can I help you? Sweetie, I have been 45 and black. You know, that's I'm I'm I <laughs> if I could tell you how to make this easier, don't you think I would have told? I mean, what do you I don't even have an answer for that. Do you know what I mean? I I there's no real answer. And so you're asking me, and now you're placing more responsibility on me to answer a question I don't have the answer to. And the stress that the, the stress that surrounds trying to have a nice, respectful, honorable answer to a question like, um, how can I help you, right? How can I help you? Now I have to deal with unpacking your, see, this is a whole different conversation. I have to deal with unpacking your guilt right? And your reaction to my experience. You hear what I'm saying? And I can't unpack your issues that occur because of my experience. I can't. Mm -hmm. And it just puts me in a situation where now I can't be honest in the workplace. Because if I, 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 you can't deal with it and I can't either. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Alex Tremble Show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Federal open season is over, but you can apply for WEPA life insurance year-round. WEPA has been insuring the future of federal employees for more than 75 years. WEPA can be used as a supplement or a replacement for Fegley and can cost less. Last year, members who switched saved $375 on average. Apply for WEPA Group Term Life Insurance and see how much you could save by visiting WAEPA.org today. The results are in. Research has found that networking is one of the four skills absolutely required to successfully advance in your career. However, when asked, most government employees state that they don't network because they believe that networking is for extroverts and for people who care more about their own careers than the organization's mission. But what if there was a way to ethically network without looking self-absorbed and being a super extrovert? Well, there is. Alex Tremble has created a seven-week online networking course specifically designed to give ambitious leaders like yourself the skills needed to become a strategic networker. This course uses time-tested and research-backed strategies to help you identify, build, and maintain critical relationships with influential leaders. Visit alextremble.com courses networking to learn more about his networking model today. Use the discount code PODCASTFAMILY on the checkout screen to receive a 20% discount. Don't delay. Enroll today at alextremble.com courses networking. And now back to The Alex Tremble Show with your host, Alex Tremble. So, so you, I'd I love to hear your perspective. Have you seen any, because you work with Fortune 500 companies, you work with big, um, significantly successful organizations outside, but you also um, do work with government employees, correct? Mm-hmm. So, have you seen a difference in how they are addressing this challenge? Um, and is there any advice you would give for the for government to do it better? Um, whew, okay, so I would say two things. Um, be very clear about those boundaries. And I say that because, you know, not for not... Uh, when you're in a government institution, of course, there are all kind of policies and rules and executive orders that um, change how you can have conversation. I think the first thing is to be very aware. And that means reading the documentation that guides your, your and frames your discussion. Mm-hmm. And then being willing to move outside, and it's going to sound crazy, but move outside that space, that physical space. And I'll tell you, there's something about certain buildings or um, times of day where people feel less trusting. This is especially true with government employees, and and not just in the United States. And I, I really want to qualify that because there are other governments that I work with. People who work for the government rarely feel like they can trust their work colleagues, their leaders, their space, even if that space is digital, like Zoom. They rarely feel like I can put something in chat. I mean, and you, you and I probably both have seen people type something and they go, ooh, and delete, 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 delete. Yep. <laughs> can't put that out there. <laughs> you, know, I you know, every single word has to be so deliberate every action so deliberate. So I think the issue with government is that that need to be deliberate and that intense dis or mistrust makes it harder. You're saying be authentic. And I, and I do think that's the intention is you want people to be authentic, but you have to deal first with the trust. And I think the trust building has to occur outside of normal frameworks. So if you're telling me, let's build trust, Let's get on this digital platform and talk our hearts out. Yeah, they're not going to do that. I think you have to be willing to move outside of the spaces where trust has not been built and build 
the relationship of trust and then move that trust back into the workplace. And, you know, we talk about team building exercises and a lot of times you'll see that happen after hours or on a weekend. There's a reason for that because people are less likely to feel this is a quote unquote academic exercise. You know, this is just an exercise. It's futile. And I'm, I have to show up because this is now I'm being graded or I'm being, you know, evaluated on how much I participate. I think that is a ongoing theme with governments everywhere. And the only way I, I can see we can break that is to re-engage teams outside of those frameworks, those physical time and space frameworks, and then bring that trust back into the workplace. Well, so you, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction now because you, you mentioned something I want, I do want to pick up on. Um, you don't just work in the U.S. Um, what is the P50? If you can kind of share a little bit about that real quick. Oh, so P50 is, um, it was a very, well, I'll just tell you the story. So W20, we, we know G20 has W20 and the W20 the work is about creating policy recommendations for the G20 members that are specific to women. But what we're finding is that women, one of their major needs is not just that women are having say, but that the policies and the recommendations are toward peace, the establishment of peace. And that isn't based in sex or gender, right? So. P50 or Peace 50 came out of the additional 30 countries who are not a part of that 20 representatives being there, but still very interested in a collaborative effort to build, design, recommend, you know, to have critical conversations about what it, what peace looks like between people and boundaries and cultures and how we can craft policies and, and and move legislation toward that end. So it's an kind of outgrowth of the G20 and W20 and now P50. So you're, I can't remember off the top of my head, but are you a founding member or, I know you're a member though. We, I'm an inaugural member. So the first P50 was um, 2018, I think, because yeah. No, 2019. I don't know. I'm so confused by years. Right? <laughs> so we, we started in 2018. We had our first summit in 2019. Um, and we did also have a summit in 2020, but it was it was digital because of the pandemic. So I, I guess my question is, is um, and if anyone is listening, again, everyone who's listening, uh, I'm, I'm sure they are just as impressed as I am. This is that's significant. Oh, that's, that's big, very big, and it's it's worldwide in, impacting lives all across the world. Um, how did you get there? How did you? How were you selected? How did they think about you? Did did you? Did they think about you, or did you put your your name in their their mind? How did how did this happen? This so it's gonna be like a crazy story. I was r- running through emails as we all do, right? Just flip flipping. And I saw an email and it wasn't in English. And I thought, what? And that's why I deleted it because it just seemed like spam to me. Um, and then I, I, went, I was in WhatsApp and I saw, this, I saw an image that was familiar to the email. I thought, well, how would they get into my WhatsApp? You know, I, the image at the top of the email repeated in my WhatsApp. That's odd. So I opened it and um, I had to run it through Google Translate to understand it. And the first thing I saw was her Royal Highness. What? So I thought, surely this is, okay. Um, okay, now this is just me having been spammed to pieces. Okay, delete, because her Royal Highness is not to reaching out to me. To help the prince. <laughs> Wherever she's royal at, it's not coming to join the call. Delete. Um, and then a friend of mine called. She she called me through um, a, a voice over IP. She called me and she said, We've been trying to get, get you to respond. Um, you know, we're working on this P50 and 
the friend I knew, I, I, I did a training at uh, Ritz Paris a few years before. And there's a woman in the audience who walked up to me and said, um, I'm from Brussels and I, I work with diplomats and this is what I do and here's my magazine and here's my card and you were so impressive and I will be in touch because we're working on something I want you to be a part of. And because I'm in Paris and there's all these people, you know, everyone walks up to you and hands you a card and says, I'm going to be in touch. And I went, okay. But she really did get in touch. Mm-hmm. And our, our inaugural year um, was uh, in, in the U.S., I guess you would say, sponsored uh, by uh, the princess of, of uh, Belgium and they sent the invitation and I went, Oh, that's real. Not spam. Glad uh, you followed up. Cause I was <laughs> deleting all the messages. Uh, so yeah, it really was just, I was, I was training um, a, a session at Ritz Paris and someone actually did what they said. It wasn't like fluff that whole, I'll be in touch. She actually got in touch and she is a dear, dear friend and sister today. And um she opened a door that I could not be more humbled by. And um, the work I think is so important. And to date, uh, now we have two American representatives. Our first year was just me, but we're working. And I, I hope we can continue to add, unlike G20, where the countries that have certain required invitation, we don't. So I'm hoping to just keep bringing people to the table who are really passionate about collaboration and really passionate about peace because peace is more than just the absence of war. You know, it has more to do with being able to live, to establish, to work, to gain without obstacle. So. Well, one, super cool. <laughs> I think it's cool too. I'm always like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> that 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 is super cool, and and I can say obviously not nothing on that level, but um, I do remember when I was in college, the I applied to go over over abroad to, to Korea to study for a semester, and I I applied and I thought I was going to get in. I didn't I didn't get in. Never never heard anything from them. Um, Turns out I did get in. Turns <laughs> I did hear from them. It was in my email that I deleted. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. everyone pay attention to your emails. Uh, please, please. <laughs> it's important. Don't miss your emails opportunity. So, so I, we're going to wrap up. because Again, I want to make sure I'm respecting your time. Um, I, I do want to kind of ask you, Two questions, these are very broad and they're more so for you to share anything you'd like to share. Um, what are you working on that you're extremely excited about right now? Oh, uh, two things, my, my book and um, I recently found it, uh, the, well, should I say that? Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll, sh- I'll share it with you. Breaking. Um, breaking news. Yeah. The Jordan Institute for Leadership and Social Justice. Um, I, I, I love the work that I do. I love the work that I do. Um, I loathe the disparity and opportunity for the work that I do. So I felt like it was important to go beyond just talking about this intersectionality of housing, healthcare, education, opportunity, entrepreneurship, right? We can talk about it. And yes, I will always continue to train leaders in hopes that we close those gaps, but I feel like there's more to be done. So this is a, I felt like there was a way to start a, organization that was global in reach and scope 
but that still addressed those same verticals through research, through moving capital, where normally capital is, is not moved. And yeah, we could talk about that for six hours. Um, so those are the two things I think I'm really, really passionate about right now, uh, the Institute and finally finishing this book. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> I mean, do you, I, so I, I, you don't have to say or anything, but you, you have obviously piqued the interest. You said a book, you didn't say what it was about or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> do you want to let us know what it's going to be about or? <laughs> he, um, you don't have to. So here's, no, no, I don't mind. It's just, you know, I, at this point um, with all the edits, I feel like I started writing one book a few years ago. <laughs> I, I don't even know what happened to that book. <laughs> like, it's, it's a whole, oh gosh, um, which I've learned that that's normal. And I have people who are very successful books saying, that's normal, don't panic. Because I go, well, what happened to the first? I was writing one thing and now here we are in 2020. And I don't even recognize those notes. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why was I saying that again? <laughs> so, um, so, so I, my hesitation is at this point, I'm almost afraid to say what it's about because by the time 2021 comes around, <laughs> oh, oh gosh, oh, we'll, who knows? There will, there will be lots of words. and Lots of words. <laughs> at least 50,000 words, minimum. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, what we can end on though, what we'll, what we'll end on though is, um, again, people who are generally watching this uh, are are um, either leaders in the government and or aspiring leaders. And I, I guess I'd ask you: Is there any um, words of wisdom, advice that you would that you would like to share or provide to to those who are listening? Um, you know, you I I pondered that question, and I always do. And I, there are two things that always stick with me, always. One, um, if you live your life fully invested in yourself, now I know that sounds selfish, but if you live invested in yourself, and I mean invested in yourself so that by the time you put your head on your pillow, whatever time that may be, you feel you've poured yourself out completely. You leave space for the next day to be filled again. So that's always one. Live your life in a way that you feel you've poured out and exhausted so you can be prepared to get back up and receive more. Fully investing in yourself that way. That's one. And second, we can only be what we can see. So find someone that is modeling that is living truthfully where you aspire to be and stay close because we can only be what we can see we if we can't see it we can't achieve it and so that is probably the second thing that is most important in my day is when i have an idea whether it's um when i was in the workplace if it was a position or even now a client, I try to set it before my eyes and then see what other people have done and what they're modeling beyond the mentorship, right? I'm talking about really looking at where you want to go, seeing pathways there, look at those footprints, study them because that's how you move forward. And there's no place you're going to go that someone else hasn't already been. Just find those footprints and stay close to them. Um, just one, again, thank you. I know everyone has benefited tremendously from, from everything you've shared over the time we've been together. Um, and, and two, I, I do have to ask you to keep moving forward keep progressing, keep moving, moving forward, getting closer to whoever you want to be. Um, because I'm, I'm fairly sure I found the, the footsteps that I, I want to, to follow. And if you stop, I'm going to bump into you. So I'm, 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 <laughs> <need> you. 
So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Um, my website is um, thealchemistagency.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. My Instagram is thealchemistagency. Um, I'm on Twitter. My, is it, what is it, that a handle? Handle. Okay. My Twitter handle is Joy Nicole M. But yeah, I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I am in LinkedIn. I love to share there. And my website, I think, is chock full of great stuff. So, um, and it's easy to email me through the website and contact me. And it does come to me directly. I don't, um, I'm just trying to be touchable. So, well, I, yeah, I can call the office. I can. You say pop by the office? Oh, call not what? 2020 <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> well, uh, well. Uh, call, call. <laughs> Princess Martinez, um, the Honorable Martinez. The, the uh, all, all those those big words that we know you are now, based off the emails you receive, and why I do not. Um, we again, we greatly appreciate your time here today. Um, everyone, oh, please, <laughs> if you enjoyed and if you found what was shared today by our guest, please don't, I say it all the time, don't just look back, reach back. That means don't just look at other people saying they, 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 they need to do better, they could do better. Reach back, find ways to help them. One of those ways is sharing this video, sharing the information, the advice that she just shared today that you found valuable, you make sure you share it with someone else. Um, your friend, a colleague, a family member, whatever it may be, make sure you're sharing it. Um, click the like, click the subscribe, whatever button there are around here, make sure you're clicking them so you know we can make sure everyone keeps seeing this. And as I always like to end my, my talks with everyone, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. Bye. Thanks for listening. Find us online at thealextrembleshow.com and be sure to share what you've learned with at least one other person today. Check back on the first and third Wednesday of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. <laughs>